0: talking about strengthening your heart, having a strong inner man. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that our spirit man inside of us, our spirit has been recreated, is a brand new creature in Christ Jesus, that old things have passed away, and behold, hear that, church? Behold. You need to behold yourself. And see that all things have been made new. Father, as we open this word this morning, we we ask that you would help us to be whole.
1: Who we really are in Christ. Who you predestined us to be from the foundation of the world. It's glorious, Lord, and we thank you for it, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen,
0: amen. Strengthening your heart, it's, it's, I said it last week, and I'll say it again, it's the most important thing that you can understand and learn how to do in this life, in this life, because of Proverbs. Is this old? If it's old, it's not a faith. It's not alive to you. Proverbs chapter... 2 Verse 20 in the Amplified. It says, My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those that find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigil- vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. You know, identity theft theft is, you know, we're trying to guard our finances and guard our identity, and the Bible says that that's not nearly as important as guarding your heart. Above all else, guard your heart because all of the issues, all of the things of life come from that. They come from that. And And I said this, and for some reason I need to say it again. Some of you are saying, yeah, but you don't know... My life is not because of what came from my heart.
1: It's what someone else did to me. My life is what someone else did to me. No. You reacted. The reaction of what someone else did to you came from your heart. Your choice to give up or to believe God, came from what's in your
0: heart. Your choice to follow down the road that was laid out for you or to blaze the trail that, of faith that God has called you to came from what was in your heart. Even the f- negative things in our life cannot dictate your future if we have a strong heart. If you have a strong heart. So this is the fifth week, right? This is the fifth week. And I got a question for you. Have you been attending? Have you been consenting and submitting to the word of life? Not letting it depart from your sight. Are you keeping it in the center of your heart?
1: Have you been a good gatekeeper? A good gatekeeper. Of your heart? If the answer is yes, keep it up. The sozo life of God
0: is going to start flowing out of your inner man into your life. Sozo, that's where we get the word saved. It's translated healing, it's translated um, prosperity, it's tr- tr- translated wellness. The sozo life of God. Salvation, wholeness, healing, prosperity, wellness. That's the will of God for your life. That's being saved. Being saved. In Proverbs 18, 14, it says, The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise it up or bear it? The strong spirit of a man is what sustains him, even in trouble. It's what's going to get you through the storms of life. And it's not your strength, it's the inward man. Jesus says, in this world you will have what? Tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because he has overcome the world. And he is in you and you are in him, so you are a world overcomer. But you've got to have a strong heart. And so far we've seen that the Bible tells us that there's two things, two things needed to have a strong heart. We've seen that um, the two things that are vital to having a strong heart is spiritual nourishment. We need to nourish ourselves spiritually. And that's the word of God. But it's just not any word of God. N- not, not all teaching, not all preaching, not all word is the same. Not all lenses are the same. We are to read the Bible through the lens of Jesus and the New Covenant, the New Testament church. Right? It's amazing to me how many people has come to me and thought that we only preach uh, the New Testament. That we are anti-Old Testament. Because we're Caris New Testament church. They don't understand that It's not talking about a division in a book. It's talking about a covenant that we live in. That we, you can find the New Testament, shadows of it, in the Old Testament. You can see shadows of Jesus in the Old Testament. But I'm not going to cling to the shadow when I got his neck right here that I can grab a hold of. That I I can be lavish with His love and kisses and, and, and just be engulfed with the presence of Him. So we need to nourish ourselves in the gospel of grace and faith. What God has done through the work of Jesus Christ and what we do when we are given, our eyes are open to that glorious light. What is our reaction to the truth of who we are in Christ, Amen. And the other thing that's that's fundamental, that's vital to have a strong heart, is to is spiritual exercise. Spiritual exercise, and I'm not going to go through all that again. Get the CD or if you listen to the podcast. So we have spiritual nourishment, spiritual exercise, but there's one more ingredient that is needed. If you want to be in tip-top spiritual
1: shape, tip-top spiritual shape, and it is rest. Now, right now you're thinking, yeah, I could use a good nap. Spiritual rest has nothing to do with physical rest. But rest... We need to learn to rest. We need
0: to be nourished, yes. We need to, be, to exercise spiritually, yes. But we need this to learn the ability to rest. To rest. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, this is the master speaking, and he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am Gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What did Jesus say? He, did he say, "Come to me all that are heavy, burdened and heavy-laden, and I will give you more things to concern yourself with? No, he said he'd give us what? Rest. Did he say that I'll just heap a bigger load on you? No, he said, I'll give you rest. See, that's the, that's, the, that's the danger of religion is when they give you a to-do list. Even as we talked about spiritual exercise, I hope that you've seen that that was an action of faith in what we, who we are in Christ rather than a to-do list to earn God's approval or to get God's power, right? In charismatic circles, that's How do I get the power of God in my life?
1: Aren't you saved? Aren't you born again? You already got it. A lot of charismatics are just like that dog
0: chasing his tail, trying to get something they already got. You are filled with the glory of God. You are filled with the Holy Spirit and power. You are filled with the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. What else do you need? Jesus didn't say that he's going to give us a bigger to-do list or more burdens or a bigger load. He says he's going to give us rest.
1: He's going to give us rest. So relax. Relax. God's not expecting anything from you other than for you to walk and live in what he has provided. I love how the message, message paraphrases this passage of
0: Scripture. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That just sounds like abiding to me. Stick around with me. Watch how I do it. It doesn't say find a shade tree and take a nap.
1: He says, work, walk, look what I'm doing. You see, when people hear this type of stuff, they think that they need to get rid of things
0: that makes their lives busy. When they think about resting, they think, I got to get some stuff out of my life. And maybe you do. But normally, the first thing to go is, Oh, I need to rest. I've been burned out. So the first thing to go is uh, I'm not going to go to church on Sunday. Or I'm not I'm not going to read my Bible. Or I'm not going to be in small groups. I'm not going to we, we we just we get rid of the spiritual things in our life and you end up worse than before. You end up worse than before. See, resting is not, it's not talking about keep, not keeping an active or productive
1: lifestyle. It's, not, it's about not carrying the burden of it.
0: Resting is not about not having a productive life or a busy lifestyle where you're active. It's just about living life without the concern and the burden of it. You can be
1: sitting in a rocking chair enjoying, on the front porch enjoying a cold beverage. All
0: well, right, now, all you are thinking of that, your favorite cold beverage right now, I can tell. And you can be sitting there, and you can be in total turmoil, not resting at all. Not resting at all. Because rest, true rest, comes from inward, not outward. Matthew chapter 6, verse 28, it says, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Just before this, he was talking about the cares and the of the, world, of the world, that the Gentiles, those that don't have a covenant with God, what they care themselves with. And he's saying, you, you, he's speaking to the Jews that had, has a covenant with God, you're no different than the Gentiles. And you, you that have been enlightened to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the new covenant of grace and the family of God, are we any different from those that have not put their faith and trust in that? Because he says, you worry about what you're going to eat. You worry about what you're going to drink. You worry about what you're going to wear. Are we any different? We concern ourselves with those things. And Jesus says, listen, don't concern yourself with those things. Your father,
1: do you know God is your father? Your father knows you need those things. He says, seek the
0: kingdom first. Seek his righteousness, his way of doing things first. And all, see this is where religious people get upset. All those things, all what things? All the things that the Gentiles, all the things that the people that are out trying to get, get, get,
1: will be added unto you. And you'll be in rest. Do we believe that? That's part of resting. Look how the voice translation lives. It puts it.
0: In Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you too. So do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. And that's the life of rest. The life of rest is day-to-day faith. I'm not talking about not planning for the future. I'm not talking about having visions and goals. I'm talking about not letting your plans, your visions and goals burden you down. But trust as you take steps of faith day by day that you are going to reach the goal that God has put in your heart. Not being burdened, not being panicked, not being in fear.
1: If you are doing things that the Lord did not tell you to, you can't rest. Have you ever heard of preachers getting burned out? Do you know why preachers get burned out? Because they're disobedient. They're disobedient. They're doing things that God did not tell them to do.
0: And I have opportunity to do that. Pressure to do that. I'm going to. You know me. I I don't. I talk to you up here like I talk to you if you're sitting on the porch drinking a cold beverage. In our community here, just, just so you know that I'm. I understand the pressures that you guys go through, too. In this community, we have a thing called the Vassar Ministerial Alliance. And they meet on Tuesdays or Wednesdays at 10 o'clock in the morning. And they they, they, they keep on wanting me to be involved in that. And they can't understand why I don't want to be involved in it. I actually had a member of another church approach me in the hardware store on 4th of July weekend while I was buying things because I was working on something. And he says to me, I'm surprised to see you in here. I heard that you
1: were were busy, a busy man, busy all the time. I wanted to punch him. (laughs) 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 Or tell him. What I really
0: wanted to say is, hey, let's compare schedules. I have a full-time job. I have a, I have a church body that I love, and I want to I give them the best meal possible, and I want to uh, nourish them, and I want to be there for them as much as possible. On top of that, I have a family with, with four kids still in school. And if on a holiday weekend I'm working on something on my house, what business is it up yours? I don't... I don't ha- I'm not saying that one day I won't be... But God's not telling me to do it. And I'm not going to be forced to do it. I don't have time to plan community hymn songs. I don't, ha- I don't have time to do thanks- Thanksgiving meals. Service... Not meals. Service services for Thanksgiving for, you know, the same people that show up every year. I don't have time to plan a Good Friday service that, again, same people show up every year, and it's just a religious routine. And I guess i got to be bold enough just to say that, that my, God has given me a vision. God has given, told me what to do. And as a great man has said,
1: if you want to destroy a man's vision, give him two. We don't have services on Wednesday, right? We
0: do small groups, but off and on, you'll see that we will do like a series on Wednesday nights. We're going to be doing one this
1: fall because right now, I can't do both.
0: There'll become a day when I will be able to do both. So we do small groups. But there can be pressure to do more than, than what God is telling you to do. And when you do more than what God tells you to do, then you're in disobedience. And when you're in disobedience, then you're doing it in your own strength. And when you're doing it in your own strength, you get tired and you get burned out. And you can do the same thing. There are things that we've had to say no to in our in our life. We had uh, our kids used to do travel softball, and for us, we chose that that a travel softball was just taking up too much time from the family to do it. So we didn't do it this year. I still remember the first weekend in June, sitting on the porch enjoying a cold beverage. <laughs> And looking at a man, I said, This is what a weekend feels like with nothing to do on a Saturday. But that's just us. That was something that we didn't feel that we were supposed to do. Maybe you are supposed to be doing. I'm not, don't run your life by what God's telling me to do. But you can be burnt out. If you're sitting here and you feel burnout. out. Maybe there are things. Maybe there's things with your business. Maybe there's things in the community. Maybe there's things in the school. And yes, there could be things, but us as a church, we don't do too many things on a regular basis. We don't have a knitting club or a women's group or a men's group or any of this stuff.
1: A gossip club? No. Hope not. (laughs) But there can be things that
0: you need to pull, pull back from even, even religious activities. See, being led by needs or an opportunity, right? There can be needs, and just because there's a need doesn't mean that you're the
1: one that's supposed to fill that need. Maybe you're supposed to be praying for the person that's supposed to be filling it. That need. But how about opportunities? This is a great opportunity.
0: This is a great opportunity for my business. This is a great opportunity for my kid. This is a great opportunity
1: for me at work. But what is God saying about the opportunity? I mean, I think about Abraham. And Abraham goes off and
0: fights a battle, comes back, and the king wants
1: to give Abraham all the wealth from the battle. What a great opportunity.
0: And Abraham says, no, just give me my people, Lot and his family and his people. And he says, at least you say that you that anybody but God has made Abraham rich.
1: Talk about a man that walked with God. We would say, this is a great opportunity. He sees that he would be indebted. He would be obligating himself.
0: Being led by needs or opportunities is not the same as being led by the
1: Spirit. You can't rest outwardly until you are resting inwardly, resting
0: in your heart, resting in your mind, resting in your emotions. We need to learn to rest. We need to to learn to walk in peace. We need to practice the manifest presence of God in our life because that's where you find rest. The reason you're not walking in rest is because you're not thinking right. The reason why you don't have peace is because you're not in faith. If you don't know how to rest, listen to this, if you
1: don't know how to rest, you don't know much about faith. Everybody wants to know what's faith. It's rest. It's rest. Hebrews three. For we which have believed do enter into what? Rest. If you believe, if you have faith, you enter into rest. Hebrews 4.10. For he that,
0: that is entered into rest... He also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. He's talking about creation. He's talking about the Sabbath rest. He's talking about God on the seventh day rested. Why did he rest? Because God was tired? No, not because God was tired. Because it was complete. He painted a picture called creation. He put man and woman in it. He put animals in it, food, everything. It was in Eden, paradise. And when he got all done, just like a painter, if I put one more stroke, I could totally ruin the whole thing. It's complete. It's perfect. I lay down my brush.
1: I rest from my work. Why? Because it's done. So if you believe, if you believe that Jesus Christ
0: has redeemed you has sanctified you has made you has given you the righteousness of God that he has perfected your inner man that you are holy and stand before him without blame if you believe that you will rest why because it's done If you try to do anything more, you're going to ruin it. Rest. Rest in the finished work of Jesus. See yourself in the finished work of Jesus. The same way that God did. Verse 11. Let us labor. This is where it gets weird. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Least any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Hmm. So to labor, to, to fall out of rest is what? Unbelief. We enter into, into rest by belief, by faith. We, enter out, we fall out of rest by unbelief. So there is a tension there. There's a tension between rest And not resting. And we have to labor to enter in to that rest.
1: If you don't know how to rest, you don't know about faith. Again, we're not talking about physical rest. We're talking about inward rest. We have to
0: cease from trusting in our own works and rest in what Jesus has freely provided through grace. Grace. And that takes effort. It will be the hardest thing you ever do. To quit relating to God on the basis of your own works and start trusting totally in what Jesus did for you. You have to labor to enter into rest. It takes labor to enter into rest. Why? Because we like to be self-sufficient. We like to brag on ourselves. We like to think that we're somebody. And I'm telling you, apart from Jesus Christ, your righteousness is nothing but a
1: filthy rag. And you don't want to know what the Greek is on that. Or Hebrew. So how do we rest? Rest. How do we rest? In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, he says, Do
0: you know? Haven't you heard the eternal, the everlasting God, the creator of the whole world, never gets tired or weary. His wisdom is beyond understanding. And that's, that's, you know what gets me excited about that right there? We got this great big awesome God,
1: and his wisdom is beyond understanding. In that he's given us the mind of Christ. That he's
0: given you the ability to tap into his wisdom. And you'll spend all eternity enjoying his wisdom. You know he has, he has wisdom for the situation that you're in right now. You know he's not stressed or burdened or weary right now. You know he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He upholds it. In his right hand. It goes on to say, in verse 29, God strengthens the weary and gives liveliness to those wore down by age and care. Young people will get tired. Strapping young men will stumble and fall. Young men will t- get tired. Young people will get tired. This is talking about physical strength. The youth eventually wear out. Right? You can't get them to go to bed. They're running all over all night. But eventually, they'll fall down and sleep right where they're at. They just give up. They get so
1: wore out that they finally fall asleep. Against their will. So this isn't talking about physical strength. He's talking
0: about there is something above and beyond physical strength that is greater than the strength of the youth. Of our young people running around in their classrooms right now. God wants to give you strength beyond that. God gives
1: strength and liveliness. Who wants some? Do you want some? Well, let's ask for it right now. Let's raise your hands if you
0: want some get your receivers up father we just thank you that you're a god that holds all things in your hands and it says that you give strength to the weary you give us liveliness so right now we ask you to strengthen us we ask that you would quicken us
1: that you would bring life into the midst of our body. And we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: See, when you read stuff like that in the Bible, let it come alive to you. See that this is living. This is saying that he promises
1: to give me strength. Why won't you take it? That's good stuff.
0: But those who trust in the eternal One will regain their strength. They will soar on wings as eagles. They will run, never winded, never weary. They will walk, never tired, never faint. The King James says, "Those that trust on the Lord." That, wor- that word in the Hebrew means to wait, to expect, patient, patiently tarry,
1: to look for the Lord. Is that what you do in life?
0: Are you trusting? Are you waiting? Are you expecting? Are you are you patiently exp- exp- hoping, expectant
1: of hope? I'm not saying a w- wishful hoping. I'm just biblical hope. Are you resting? Soar, soar on wings. Like eagles. Not flap.
0: You know, an eagle to get, get off the ground, they got to flap
1: a little bit. But God wants to get you to a place where you're soaring. That where your arms are
0: or your wings are stretched out, and the wind, the underdraft comes up, and all you got to do is tip this feather a little bit, Tip this for a little bit. There's a supernatural power coming up from underneath you that's sustaining you, that's strengthening you.
1: That sounds like living in grace to me. There's a a big difference between pushing and waiting. And striving and trusting. They will run, never winded,
0: never weary. They will walk, never tired, and never faint. See, this isn't about just being lazy. Have you ever wondered how some people can wear so many hats, can do so many things? It seems like they're always busy. They're always thinking. They're always coming up with new ideas. They're, they're, they're motivated and, and going and going and going, and you're thinking, how does that person do it? It just seems like they never rest. And what you fail to understand is that they've been resting all along. There's a place in God where you just trust. Day by day, you just trust. You trust that he's going to empower you. You trust that he's giving you the wisdom. He's trusting that the finances will be there. It's just a day by day. I'm not burdened. I'm not, I don't have no cares. You're supposed to cast all your cares on Jesus, Right? So when the enemy comes and tries to make you worry, make you think that you're going to fail, make you think that success is out of reach for you, you can say, I don't care. Why? Because Jesus carries all my
1: cares. Some of us are weighted down by cares. There's a place in God where he wants you to soar on wings like eagles. Resting is not not doing.
0: Psalms chapter 4 verse 3. It says, but know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. Are you a godly man or woman this morning? Are you find your righteousness in Christ Jesus? Guess what? You've been set apart
1: for God. You know what that's called? That's called holy. You are holy. Are you seeing yourself in the Word today? The Lord hears when I call to Him. So if you've been set apart by God,
0: you're righteous, you're a godly man or woman through the blood of Jesus Christ, do you believe that God hears you when when you call? See, the psalmist understood this. He spent time resting in the presence of God. He spent time meditating in the things of God. And he understood who God was to him. And he trusted in him. And even in the Old Testament, a worse covenant, a dead covenant, a dying covenant, he knew and had faith that when he calls to God, he hears him. Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. That word selah there means,
1: you'll find that in a lot of Psalms, that means Shut up and sit there and think about that. Think about that. Do you know how many people toss and turn in their beds?
0: Because they don't, can't rest? Do you know how many people worry? I mean, you see this when people are taking a trip. Right? They're all stressed out. They're tired before they even get in the car. Because of all the things that might happen, the car might break down. You might get a flat tire. We might get lost.
1: Maybe that's a good thing. The plane might crash. They get in the plane and,
0: and they're worried about, it, about the plane. They're hanging on the seat. Like they're, they're holding the, the plane
1: up. No, you're not holding the plane up. Just rest Meditate in your heart upon
0: your bed and be still. Meditate on the God in your bed and all the cares and the worries of this world. Just be still, O oh my soul. This is, not, this is a reoccurring statement, Psalm 63:1, "O oh, true God, you are my God." The one whom I trust, see that trust is in there, enter into that rest, belief. I seek you with every fiber of my being. In this dry and weary land with no water in sight, my soul is dry and longs for you. My body aches for you, for your presence. He's wanting that rest. I have seen you in your sanctuary, and I have been awed by your power and glory. Your steadfast love is better than life itself, so my lips will give you all my praise. Your steadfast love. He's not exaggerating here.
1: To know the steadfast love of God is better than life itself. I will bless you.
0: With every breath of my life, I will lift up my hands and praise your name. Verse 5. My soul overflows with satisfaction as when I feast on foods rich in marrow and fat. With excitement in my heart and joy on my lips, I offer you praise. Often at night. I lie in bed and remember you, meditating on your greatness till morning smiles through my window. Practicing the presence of God. Meditating on the presence of God.
1: Resting in the goodness of God. Verse 7. You have been my constant
0: helper. Therefore, I sing for joy under the protection of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand reaches down
1: and holds me up. Who can't rest into that? If you really believe that, how could you not enter into perfect rest? See, we need quiet times.
0: We need quiet times in the presence of God. I'm not talking about a prayer time. Well, it could be considered prayer, but a time of meditation, a time of where you don't say nothing. You don't do the talking. You do the listening. You let the Spirit of God whisper into your spiritual man what he sees. You let the Spirit of God whisper to your spiritual man all the things that he wants to be for you, that he wants to do for you. We need times in the presence of God soaking, soaking in the presence of God. And again, this can be lots of places. It can be in your car as you're driving. And you can be at perfect rest enjoying the presence of God, it can be on your job site while you're working where you're doing one thing, but at the same time, you are deliberately focusing on the Lord and allowing Him to speak to you. Sometimes what you're doing might be too entailed to do that, but there's other times, don't tell me there's not times when you're thinking about other things when you're worried about the bills, when you're worried about the kids, Were you're worried about this, 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 and this, if you can worry
1: about those things, you can focus on the Lord. See, we need to receive from the Father. Religion will trick you into thinking that God needs something from you. God doesn't need a thing from you. He wants to give to you.
0: The Bible says that, the, that, that it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? Do you think God's going to let you be more blessed than him? God is a giver, and he wants you to receive from him. He wants you to take from him. He, he wants you to take from him. And when you take from him, this is,
1: I don't know how to explain it, but it does something to him. Remember, Jesus was weary.
0: He was traveling and he came into Samarita. And it was the middle of the afternoon and the disciple says, we'll go get some food. And he, he was just wanted to rest. He was going to rest by the well. And all of a sudden a woman shows up. And she, Jesus started ministering to her. And as he was ministering to her, strength came back into him. Because when the disciples showed
1: up, they said, Who's this woman and who gave him something to eat? See, when you, when you take from God,
0: he gets bigger. I, I don't know how to explain it. I, don't, I better shut up because someone's going to say, take my words out of contents. I don't know how to explain it. But God is a giver. And he wants his kids to take from him. He wants to supply every thing in your life. We need times of refreshing. We need times of soaking. We need times of, to, of receiving from the Father where you're meditating on the Lord and just listening and
1: being refreshed. Because if you're not resting, you're not in faith.
0: If you're not resting, you're not in faith. Fear, dread, panic, worry, restlessness are all the enemies of rest and they're the enemies of faith. We must learn to rest in the Lord and find strength for
1: our hearts. Amen? So in closing, we got a song that we're going to play, video up here. I don't want you singing during the song. I want you listening. I want you resting. I want you receiving. Let's do that.
2: Jesus, when you speak
1: Be still and know that He is God. Rest in Him. Find refreshing in Him. Father, we thank you for the rest that is found in Jesus Christ. And
0: we labor to enter into that rest.
1: For some of us, just sitting here in silence felt awkward, felt uncomfortable, felt like labor. We labor, Lord. We labor to enter into your rest. To trust and rely on you. To seek first your kingdom, your righteousness, knowing
0: full well that our Father knows we have need and that
1: you will supply all those too so we receive it now in Jesus name amen you've been listening to a message from Caris New Testament Church for more information or
0: to contact us go to www.carisntc.org and remember you're deeply loved highly favored and destined to reign in Christ Jesus